after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials tonight. The good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit, like this. Jingles can be what? My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Genevieve Haz. Hello. Coming up today on the show, Wasted Talent, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. You and I have been watching TV, and it seems like there are some commercials out there right now where you know the brand has spent a lot of money to bring in some high-profile celebrity talent. And then you look at what they did with it, and it seems like a waste of money to me. Yeah, I think this happens more often than you would would guess after doing a commercial podcast for five years or something. Um, I'm always shocked by how much money is spent on high-priced talent and how little money is spent on writers and, yeah. and concept uh, people. So let's we'll talk about that. And, you know, your mileage may vary on some of these. Yeah. Uh, also, um, I, we had what I feel like was a pretty big whiff on the show last week, and the Ad Council has let us know it. I mean, not in a cruel way, but we were talking about a McDonald's commercial um, that I had disagree a with voice. this with your characterization of this as a whiff, just for the record. A whiff? Not a whiff. A it's whiff. not a whiff? It's not a whiff. No whiff? No whiff. No whiff. Okay. <laughs> um, well, there is a voice actor in uh, these McDonald's commercials that uh, we were curious about. It seemed like an odd choice. Uh, it turns out it's somebody very famous who's kind of having a, a, a moment. Yeah, it's maybe. A, clearly intentional, but I yeah. don't. I, I disagree with the with the term whiff. Um, before we get into the show, though. Um, I got it. Let can we talk a little bit about this tape that I played at the top of the show? Of yes. Course, this is the um, the shit like this, as we call it. Jingles can be what? New listeners at the top of every show, we always play a little clip of tape that makes <laughs> us smile. Yeah, we probably have a new listener too, and that piece of tape actually came from your sister Genevieve. I who's know. A listener. Thank you, Julia. And she sent us a note saying, "Hey, uh, for the top of the show, uh, have you heard the shingles can be what commercial?" And I hadn't. So I Googled it. Thanks for sending the link, by the way, Julia. Come on. She didn't She didn't link. send the link? No. Come on, but Julia. But I'm just teasing. Uh, it's very easy <laughs> to find things. I use, a, I use something called Gorgle. Um, but uh, so anyway, I found it immediately. And I'm watching this commercial. Well, let's, let's actually take a listen to the commercial. There is a woman uh, standing in her kitchen talking to... To not just the camera, but actually interacting with the spokesperson who's like, you know, the, the, the voice of God, if yeah. you will, in the commercial. I had shingles. Horrible. Young thing like me. Actually, anyone 50 or over is at increased risk for shingles. The pain, the burning. My husband had to do everything for weeks. And the thing is, there's nothing you can do about it. Now, her husband is walking in behind her. Uh, she doesn't see him coming up behind her, and it kind of surprises her. Well, shingles can be prevented. Shingles can be what? Prevent it. You can get vaccinated. Frank! Yep. They have shingles vaccines. What? That's what I said. We're taking you to the doctor. Oh. Not going through that again. Hey, you can also get it from your pharmacist. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated. So it's clearly like, you know, it's a commercial that's a little bit, I guess, over the top, sort of, with the comedy. Not something that you usually associate with shingles. I immediately liked it and yeah. I was looking at the woman who looked familiar to me she's an attractive woman but clearly she's playing somebody who's supposed to be um, 
over, you know, over 50. They say that right there in the copy. But I'm like, but what do I know her from? And I scroll down <laughs> and I see who the actress is. And it turns out I know her from real life. I know. This is Bet- I know her too. The actress is Betsy Zyko. I used to work with her at a radio station way back in Ohio when I was getting my start in radio. Um, I was a student employee, a student producer at a radio station called WKSU. is a classical music and NPR news station. And I became friends with a lot of the full-time staff who were, you know, a bit older than me and established. And this was their career. And I was a, I was a student employee there. You're but we'd all hang beaver. out. Yeah, I was. And, and, and Betsy was uh, one of my friends there. And she was a classical, uh, classical music announcer at the time. And... Um, then cut to and then cut to uh, years, later, years later. You and I moved to Los Angeles, and she's been living and working in Los Angeles for a long time now as an actress. And we saw her somehow. We reconnected. Maybe she just heard that I was in LA, and we reconnected on social media. And she invited us to see one of her performances at the La Brea Tar Pit yeah, Museum. Yeah, there was a, there's a museum at the La Brea Tar Pit. It's one of my favorite places, and she did this incredible um, sort of like. Um, think like Lion King but on a tiny scale kind of puppet show you know with like huge puppets with like great big sticks and stuff yeah. and we got to go inside one of the dinosaur puppets do you remember that yes they it, it was I mean because she would that was her job right she was inside she that was thing a and, puppeteer and, and yeah. I think weren't there actual mechanics like me- mechanical things I now in there have too? forgotten I can't whether remember. it was yeah. all human powered or what but it was like very elaborate really fun and we got a real literal backstage look at it and we we hung out with her a few times so Betsy's in a lot of commercials you actually <laughs> put together the the Zyko files here <laughs> yes. um, and we can uh, listen she's in to some, some national of, ads yes. and some Super Bowl ads now this is not interesting to anybody but me but I'm still like a little bit like when you have that coincidence I was like okay I'll check out this little piece of tape and then you're like that woman looks familiar you're like oh no she's literally a personal friend of mine because yeah, we didn't um, run across this um, this uh, shingles vaccine ad in the wild that came to us from, from Julia. Julia right so it's really a small world and so this is another weird coincidence that I have with Betsy. And I don't know if this will really translate as a story. So just bear with me. Pretend it's TBTL. Um, but I have another coincidence with her, which is long before I knew Betsy or, you know, five years before I knew her. And I was in high school. I had a group of friends and we would go see a um, performances of a local Cleveland area improv group called Guerrilla Theater. Cool. It was cool. very cool. 90s. Cool. It was cool. very 90s. I know it doesn't sound cool to you, Viv. But at the Cleveland time... Cleveland improv? Sign me up. <laughs> but I had zero experiences like this before that. Let's say I was probably like a junior in high school. And um, we would, uh, you know, we were underage. We couldn't go to bars. And Yeah, like, no, I remember when, you, when you're trying out new things and, and everything's new. So, like, even experiences that, like, your older self might poo-poo, uh, you are exciting in the moment. And it felt very gritty and underground. Like, we, <laughs> it was for real. Like, it was in some, like, warehouse district, and it was in some, you know partially converted warehouse type of situation, kind of a theater in the round thing. And I remember it was very kind of, again, kind of gritty and underground yeah. feeling. And I still have a button. And you that, were all the art nerds. Yeah. And I still have a button that says Guerrilla Theater. And that kind of became a thing that we would do on weekends for a period of time. Um, around the time I was moving to L.A., which is maybe how Betsy and I got on each other's radar again, was 
I was going through my old stuff. I found my Gorilla Theater button. I took a photo of it, and I posted it to probably Facebook at the time. And I said, oh, man, I remember this. We used to go to Gorilla Theater all the time. Betsy pops up in my mentions is like, what? I was in Gorilla Theater. <laughs> so while she was probably, you know. You so- two are like uh, in some sort of, you know, your souls are intertwined in some way. <laughs> I know. Does that make you nervous? Um, but, you know, so I was probably, like I say, a junior in high school. She was probably maybe college or maybe just out of college or something. And, you know, she's clearly still acting to this day because, as you mentioned, Vives, she's not just in the Shingles Can Be What commercial. She's the star of Shingles Can Be What. Yes, and it's a real performance. Yeah. Like, it, it, I actually recommend uh, checking it out. You'll post it to the Facebook page. I think her performance is really good in that, and it really pops. She's more minor. She's, she's been typecast a little bit more in some of these other commercials we can look at. Um, she gets typecast a lot. She's a she's a sort of, you know, she's an attractive uh, blonde white lady, um, but not like, you know, drop dead ingenue gorgeous. And so she gets typecast a lot as like a, um, like a news anchor, newscaster. She's like in three of these, she's a newscaster. Yes, or a news reporter out on the street. Um, there was uh, one that you found. She's in one with John Cena. I know, and I do see this one all the time, and I must have seen her a hundred times and just not recognized her. She's pretty made up in it. This is an Experian ad, right? So yeah, what's it's like going a credit. on in this? So we've talked about these Experian ads, actually. Um, John Cena is, because uh, remember there was one where he's like making love to a cow, and it's like... Or it's implied that he's, is he making love or falling in love? Well, love. he's, I mean, he's, 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 he moved on the cow very heavily. Okay. Okay. He made a pass. He at made a cow. pass at the okay. cow and they're in front of a fire. I just yes, think I a, a lot is implied. Okay. Uh, thankfully, Betsy is not in any way involved in that situation. As far as we know. As far as we know. But Betsy, let us know if there's, if you have any dirt about John Cena and the cow, please get to it. Get at me. Um, this is like a follow up to that ad. John Cena is at like a dog show and with all the attendant sort of like, you know, tropes of, of dog shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead Which I of, mostly know from Best in Show. Yeah, I think we, we all do. Um, but instead of uh, bringing a dog out to show, he brings out his purple and white experience cow. Slash lover. Yeah. Un, un, undetermined. <laughs> Um, if it is his lover, that is in poor taste, I think, to, to trot your lover out at a show. I think it is in poor taste and potentially an ethics violation. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and she oh, is... And then at some point, he yeah. he rides. He also... You're, you're not also not supposed to do at dog shows is mount your animal and ride it it's around. It's frowned upon. <laughs> it's frowned I don't know if that's actually... <laughs> <laughs> codified into well, the what isn't these bylaws, days? but it, it is frowned upon. But what isn't these days, as you say? So Betsy plays one of the announcers, right? Like uh, the, the Fred think, Willard. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if, if she's a judge or the announcer, but she's at the table where the um, the officials. I think she's an officiant. She's got a microphone on, and she's got a line in this, right? So yeah. it's worth listening to. Okay, let's take a listen to this. From the herding group, the majestic collie. And next up, we have the Experian Boost cow. It reminds us we can now raise our credit scores instantly free with Experian Boost. Now he hops on the cow. Now he's riding it around the arena. Experian Boost. 
I'm up 13 points. Boost your credit scores. Instantly. Even the dogs are giving this scene side eye. <laughs> um, but that's a pretty big commercial. And also, like, some of these other ones she's in, and she might have even mentioned this. She came to our going away party when we were leaving L.A. Um, and I think I mentioned to her then in conversation that you and I do a show about commercials. And I think she said, oh, I was in a Super Bowl commercial. I, I think the timeline works out. I think so, too. On this, because um, she plays a news anchor in an, in an ad we talked about for General Electric uh, that aired during the Super Bowl. Um, some listeners might remember it, The Boy Who Beeps. Yeah, it's for General Electric, and it's sort of this high-concept idea about a boy who was born and can't speak, but he, he can talk to electronics, so he can... He says like, ah, and then like, you know, all the lights in the neighborhood go on or right. off or whatever. Yes. And that was like one of those real dramatic yes. extended cuts. She has like a, a small line in that as a news reporter on the street, I believe. Um, but it's like a two minute ad. So I'll skip that one. Here uh, is one for a, a Batman video game extension pack um, <laughs> called Red Hood. Uh, the Red Hood story pack. I actually think I might even have the game really? that this is an extension for. Is that um, your Batman game that I can't make work? Yes, which I... I just can make Batman turn around and around in circles. I bought that and then I... I'm going left. I'm going right. I'm going left. I'm going right. I'm going left. (laughs) I'm going right. I'm going to look up. I'm going to move my whole body. Crouch. Stand up. Crouch. 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 (laughs) (laughs) If it was a crouching game, you'd be great at it. I'd be so good at that. I downloaded that and really enjoyed playing it. I never play games like that. Yeah, it's not really your baseball game or a football game. But I downloaded it on a whim. I think it was maybe at the beginning of COVID and just felt like treat yourself or something. Yeah. I really got into it for like two weeks and then never went back to it. Yeah. I'm a real child when it comes to that stuff. Anyway, uh, I don't even remember what the setup here is. We see two men. They're like in a comic book style world. It looks cinematic. They're in some cramped office somewhere. And I, I can't remember they're, if they're cops or yeah, they look like detectives cops. or something. Yeah. So let's take a listen to this. Closing time. Closing time. Breaking news: Gotham's underworld is terrorized by the brutal Red Hood. There she Overtime. is. Overtime. The latest details. Overtime. <clears throat> A lot more bad guys are about to... Oh, I see. At the end, the big reveal is we don't know what their business is, but at the end, we see that they are funeral home employees. Oh, you know what? I, so that's why I they only suddenly... I only watched as far as Betsy's part, and then I, turned, <laughs> I I couldn't get through 30 seconds to get the punchline. That's the problem with Betsy. She's so good. She's People magnetic. stop paying attention yeah. after she's um, no longer in the commercial. I anyway, knew, I was just really tickled. I, am, I knew that she was a commercial actress. I am but. tickled, too, and I'm, I'm delighted that the way this came to us in this roundabout uh, way of sort of random, the randomness of the universe... When you live in LA, and I know I've said this before, and I'm not, I'm, this is not a humble brag because, like, literally everyone has this experience if, if you're one of the millions of people who live in Los Angeles. But it is so, there is something really fun, I think, especially if you're not from there and then you move there, about just being in a world where casual acquaintances are just showing up on your TV screen in the form of commercial actors, because that's how a lot of people put put either food or extra food on the table or extra money in the bank. I mean, our our uh, dear uh, apartment manager, you know, we've talked about him on the mm-hmm. show before. He would he shows up in like uh, farmers uh, insurance ads and stuff. Yeah. By the way, I um, sent a note to Betsy. Uh, I hadn't talked to her really uh, since we left L.A. several years ago. Um, 
<laughs> but it, our orbits continue to, uh, you know, overlap, I guess, from time so to time or universe. intersect. Um, but I did send her a note a little bit ago that just said, holy shit, here's the story as we just laid it out uh, for you. She wrote, oh, man, that's so cool. It's been uh, super the amount of attention it has gotten. It was retweeted by Paul Feig, the oh, director right. of Bridesmaids. You know what's funny? She, you say that because she reminds me um, so much in this of Kate Mc, a Kate McKinnon character, ah, who yeah. I know isn't like, I know it's Kristen Wiig is more Paul Feig universe, yeah, but yeah. like she really, she has a Kate McKinnon vibe. She says a Groundlings performer contacted me to say that um, a bunch of them, 15 of the Groundling members got together and gathered to watch it over and over. Uh, she says it was written... Uh, <laughs> Uh, LA is a weird place. Directed by Fred Goss. He's a genius, and I was super lucky to get cast and mit- matched up with the actor in that Jim Hanna, the other actor in that Jim Hanna. So um, that's really cool. I hope that it's okay that I shared that. Oh, I'm sure it is. I hope me, it leads to lots more work. Because yeah, she, this was more than any of the other ones we've seen. She is the by far the star of this, and she really does, like you said, get to perform and do a bit, you know. Yeah, this is turning into spotless. We just went 16 minutes and haven't even started the show yet. You ready We're to talk about, about commercials? That's that is true. the show. I don't consider the show to start until we hit the music, introducing the first segment. We want to talk about wasting money on big talent. All right, Vase, this first commercial, why don't you set this up? But I want to say that there's an overlap here with uh, one of my absolute favorite podcasts I've been been listening to oh. lately. All right. The, the topic of this commercial was actually a poll question that they put out to listeners. So this is a series that State Farm has been doing that I have been seeing for a while. Uh, and the premise of these ads is that the basketball superstar Chris Paul is being impersonated by someone who is clearly not him who is much shorter does not look like him they're both african-american but Mm -hmm. that's where the similarities end different facial hair totally different He's dorky he's dorky he is and he's he's wearing what is appears to be a poorly applied sort of bald cap or something so he's got he's got some sort of prosthetics on meant to sort of make him look more like chris paul but he looks nothing i mean it's it's completely ineffective I had watched probably three or four of these many, many times before I realized that this, the short actor, the impersonating actor, is Alfonso Ribeiro. Carlton. Carlton. The Fresh Prince. Yes. And I I just wanted to, that's sort of what made me want to have do this premise. And I'm not even sure if the premise is the right idea, but what I find confusing about this is that, so what happens in the commercials, we'll play them here in a minute, is... Um, fake Chris Paul, a.k.a. Carlton, uh, tries to do something that the real Chris Paul could or would do. The State Farm, hot Jake from State Farm comes in. He is hot, by the way. Oh, I agree. I mean, I feel so sad for first Jake. Yeah. For lesser Jake. Less than Jake. Less than Jake. (laughs) He is a less than Jake. (laughs) He's a less than Jake. Less than Jake, you know, for, through no fault of his own, just looks like he looks. But then you get, they essentially recast it. They go to the trouble of making the, uh, you know, oh, I'm married, does it matter? You know, they reshoot that part of that commercial. They use the old footage. 
And then they cast like this just couldn't be more different from you guy and just so much hotter. And not just and they hot, make him but a also, huge star. And I feel like also charming. There's yes. uh there he's he's matched up with a lot of different high profile NFL players, yes. I think. Um and he's got it going on. Yes. In all dimensions. And he's he can really hang. Yeah, like, he, he can totally hang. He shines as kind of a talent um in in you and know in showca- subtle ways. Yeah, and they're yeah. showcasing him like crazy. He's mm-hmm. the focus of all of their ad campaigns now. But anyway, that's not what the point of this is. I had watched these ads so many times before I realized that it was Alfonso Ribeiro. And I don't I don't understand why they cast someone who what is in what I call the fame donut hole. Because if you want someone to pretend who's like a who pretends to be Chris Paul, who's just like a dorky comedic actor, I think you go to the groundlings or where, you know, Betsy Zyko's agent or whatever. And you say, get me somebody who would be a hilariously inept substitute for Chris Paul. Get me the anti-Chris Paul. And then we're going to, you know, that person is going to be, you know, a comedic, I want a comedic actor. Or you could get someone, this would be another weird way to do it, but you could get someone who was almost sort of like equally famous in a way but who the joke would sort of be like Will Smith. I mean, I don't know if their budget can accommodate both Will Smith and Chris Paul, but like, let's just say for the sake of argument, you get Will Smith pretending to be Chris Paul. And then there's like, that's a different joke, right? It's like, it's maybe, but I don't really know what that joke is either. Well, the joke is that like the it's ironic. It's, it's, it's absurd that someone as famous as Will Smith would want to would aspire to be or pretend mm-hmm. to be Chris Paul. I think that would actually be kind of funny. What I find confusing about this is that it's never alluded to who he really is. So it's never like, oh, this is the actor who plays mm-hmm. Carlton. It's just he's just an actor playing a part. But he's a little too famous and a little too memeified. I mean there's a whole I mean the Carl the Carlton is a mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. He's a little bit too famous to just be a buffoon, a nameless buffoon. Or what about this? Or lean into the Carltonness. Or of lean it. into the like Carl- have him wear a sweater yes, right. and it's like very clear. There's another aspect of this, and this is where I mentioned another podcast was talking about this a while back. This is how I learned it was Alfonso Ribeiro. Is they uh, it was listening to the Dan Lebitard show, a sports show for the most part, uh, out of Miami that I've been talking about a lot lately, um, and they were saying it's a generational problem, like a lot of the young people who know who Chris Paul is that this is kind of directed towards they really don't have much context for Alfonso Ribeiro or the Carlton like that's more yeah. it's just like it's so, just lost in in the way they disguise him here they don't make it I mean I'm kind of face blind so I'm really the wrong person to talk about this but like yeah it just if you just want to have some dorky, annoying guy trying to take over Chris Paul's life, have we even played the commercial? No, by the way? should we, we play should one? Do that. Yeah, I guess we should play one. Um, then just get a, a funny actor to do it. That's but what like, I'm saying. Yeah, it yeah. just doesn't make a lot of sense to or, have him. Or be... I agree, like, or lean into the fact that he is sort of a meme unto himself and have that leak through in some obvious yeah, way. Yeah, tie a sweater around his shoulders, have him wear Or pastels. have Chris Paul do the Carlson at the end Yes, or right. But so in this one, and also just like, what is the setup? Why would there be some, just taking out the Alfonso Rivera thing, like why would somebody be invading Chris Paul's I can see wanting life? to be Chris Paul. 
Okay, so in this one, is this the one where? Okay, this is the one where it's just it's just Alfonso Ribera or his character. He's wearing like a red jersey that says the new Chris Paul, and he's apparently in Chris Paul's home workout area, which is of course very nice. And there's a bunch of weights, uh, and he's you know I guess pretending to be Chris Paul for a reason that I still can't explain. Hey, yo, welcome to the new Chris Paul workout show. If you want to make it to the NBA, you got to have a killer crossover. TNCP crossover. So he starts taking, is that a kettlebell? That is a kettlebell. And he's switching it from hand to hand, and then he accidentally uh, lets go of it or Those slips can get away out of from his you. hand, and it smashes into a giant mirror in this really fancy workout area. Ooh. Oh, Jake from State Farm. Here's the deal. There's no replacing the real Chris Paul, just like there's no replacing State Farm. Man, what happened? Now Chris Paul arrives. Who are you? I'm the new Chris Paul! <laughs> then Alfonso Ribeiro yells, I'm the new Chris Paul, and runs and jumps out of a uh, window. And through, that's through, a glass door, through a yeah. glass door, yeah. Um, to be clear, I actually think these are funny ads, and I don't think Alfonso Ribeiro does a bad job. I just find it baffling that he is an actor with a name that is known. Do you have the other link in here too for the other one? Uh, yeah, play this one. This one was equally funny, I think, if not more funny. He's, in this one, he's kind of talking to his kid or something. Isn't no, he, or no, is this a different ad? This is a different ad. In oh, this okay. one, uh, so Alfonso Rivera, fake Chris Paul, rolls up to a parking garage and parks in Chris Paul's designated parking spot. Oh, okay. And I he seen this runs one. into a conflict with the security guard. Sir, you cannot park there. What? Why? It's reserved for Chris Paul. Barb, tell me what you not see. Uh, my name's not Barb. You're not Chris Paul. Stop it, Nancy. Woo! That's not my name. Um, see some ID? This is my ID. Need a tow truck on level one? Oh, it's Jake from State Farm. So here's the deal. There's no replacing the real Chris Paul, just like there's no replacing State Farm. Molly, who took my spot? Oh, just some guy. We're taking care of it. Okay. You want the real deal? Like a good neighbor. So Chris Paul walks up at the end. That one isn't so bad. I saw another celebrity. I can't remember who it was tweeting that like Chris Paul needs some acting lessons somebody was really taking shots at him for just like he comes in and goes what and what he literally has a line that's like what and he can't even pull it off in this one though that's not terrible acting he rolls up he and doesn't says, have Somebody's much in to my do spot. yeah but I think I agree I think they lean on the more talented actor who was Alfonso Ribeiro no question um, I just think it's a weird use of Alfonso Ribeiro and I think again I don't dislike them but I think it's a really strange choice to either to not acknowledge his celebrity or to have someone of his level of celebrity and not acknowledge it. I kind of wanted to find it. I can't find it on the fly here. But have you seen the one where same scenario, only they're outside of Chris Paul's house and he's like he's. Yeah. Trying to teach his kid. Like, he's actually interacting with Chris Paul's kid or an actor portraying Chris Paul's kid. That gets a little bit weird, too. You got some stranger danger going on there. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole... Anyway. Uh, I'd remember that one. I couldn't find... Didn't, yeah, I, I didn't can't look find it, it on the fly here. Okay, did you mention Cecily Strong already once in this? Uh, in no, I this? mentioned... Uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, right, right, right. Well, I like both of these SNL alum. Uh, this is a Alumnae. Pre- alumnae? Well, they're two ladies. Oh, yeah, right, of course. Um, thank you, Latin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to remember this one. What is this Prego commercial? So this commercial? is for Prego, and this was one where I had the same feeling of like, now, I had the same feeling of like, wow, so they got Cecily Strong, but they just put her in a wig and have her do like a, 
like a song and dance. And I oh yeah, I have seen this. I don't it, think I realized just it was under, her. <laughs> she just feels underutilized here. And and exactly, I wasn't a hundred even percent sure that it was even her. And it is. And she's actually there's a series of these, so we'll talk about them. Now that I know there's a series of them, I'm actually more on board with it okay. because it feels like they're building something. This opens up in a nice suburban kitchen. She's just a normal Cecily Strong. She opens up a can of Prego, and then it becomes a song and dance number, like a sort like, of a cabaret style. And like the lighting changes, right. and then she's in almost a flap, almost like a flappery kind I, of dress. I picture a Liza bit. Minnelli in cabaret. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's better. Uh, this is going to go by quickly. Fourteen seconds here. Thick like homemade, no way around it. Prego so good, they might as well crown it. Your sauce is looking thin, huh? Fix that tip. When you're in my house, you pour it on thick. Pour it on thick. Yeah. Um, and then this next one is a similar setup here. Yeah, it's just disco instead of Broadway. Okay, still starts off in her kitchen. Gothic sauce, they call it Prego. The dinner was a must, but to change the game. But you'll say it goes leftovers quick when you pour it. So it makes sense uh, to you a little bit more knowing it's a series because it's like, well, we have a talented uh, actor, comedic actor. Who also and, can sing, apparently. I think she's can, trying to get a singing career going. And now she can, you can kind of watch her slip into a whole bunch of different characters. Yeah. And it can be fun. That yeah, makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, like, now, you know, what else could they have her do? You know, she could do opera. Yeah. She could do, like, 80s punk. I think this bums me out a little bit, and maybe (laughs) this totally might not be fair at all, but I always really liked her, and, you know, she doesn't... Seeing this and seeing, oh, yeah, she's she's changed a little bit. I haven't seen her on a screen in a long time, and when you think about her... you know, what would you say to her, the alumni from that same era <laughs> or her colleagues from SNL from that same era, you know, she's the everybody else has been in like bridesmaids and, True. you know, yeah, and, Ghostbusters. And she, Ghostbusters. She was also yeah. in, but in a bit part. Oh, that's although right. she has my she has the yeah, she has the funniest part to me. Um The best part of Ghostbusters is when she's sitting with at, with Andy Garcia, the mayor. Oh, yeah, that's your favorite line. And Andy Garcia says, don't ever compare me to the Jaws mayor. That's right. Um, So that's right. She does have a part in there. But, yeah, I would have hoped in this. It sounds like I'm negging her. I just I think she's really talented. And I'm kind of surprised that we didn't see more of her. And not just in 14 second prego ads. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, this next one I put on the list. And it's. I'm looking forward to this because I did not understand what was happening. That's the thing. I still don't. But part of the problem with this next commercial is... Is this going to be another quote-unquote whiff? For, because we don't know something? It's just whiff. Whiff. I, I just whiff. <laughs> um, so... I guess I'll just explain it from my perspective because a big problem with this commercial is me, number one, not understanding that it was part of a campaign that began at least a year ago and also... That's on them! Yes, but remember how we didn't get that Hulu ad? Yes, and I also would say that's on them. And now that we get the joke, we love all those Hulu ads, and it kind of all fits together. But you gotta, they gotta get, you gotta get the joke. Yeah, you gotta get the joke. <laughs> um, so you and I were watching some football this weekend, and this commercial came on a lot. Yeah, and a big enough that we we watched it several times 
intentionally trying to figure out yes, what was Yes, although it's one of those things where it'd be like, wait, shut up, shut up, it's on. What? So you always miss the first couple of seconds. Um, but you see Lamar Jackson. Like, a big problem with these ads for me is I am not smart enough about who football players are. Okay. So I miss a lot of the references in these. They just whiff right by yeah. me. Um, but in this case, I do know who Lamar Jackson is because he's an amazing quarterback who plays for a detestable team yeah. <laughs> called the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but he's like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and Not better see- than uh, Mahomes. Not better than Patrick Mahomes, as we learned yesterday. Um, and we see him driving up in some, I don't know, mid-size SUV. <laughs> and he's pulling up to some mansion that I described as the dilapidated mansion in Fletch. You corrected me and said, uh, do you mean... Like the dilapidated mansion in Fletch Lives, yeah. the sequel which is to what Fletch, you which is exactly what I meant. Thank you. I'm glad that you're here to keep me honest. For for non-Fletch uh, aficionados. What? <laughs> Who wouldn't get that reference? It's a big sort of um, mansion-y, plantation-y style house, I would say, although that's not the subtext, I don't think. But you just got columns. Mm-hmm. Um, big brick southern style mansion but it's fairly run down it's got vines and creepers and stuff uh, you know on it it's been allowed to uh, become a little bit decrepit that's right so let's take a listen here he's pulling up what the so he knocks on the door, and the door knocker is like uh, it's like the Heisman Trophy only it's kind of on its side and um and it's big and clunky. And then somebody answers the door. And again, I now believe this is probably Tim Tebow, but I'm not sure. Some white guy answers the door with a really long beard and hair. It's like goofy. Like Does Tim Tebow still pl- even play for the NFL? That's the thing. These aren't NFL no, players. No, I understand they're yeah. Heisman winners. Right. But... No, I don't think Who, he does. He plays for the he plays for the Mets, I think, or he was on the Mets farm. Um, ba- he was a baseball player. Yeah, he was part of the Mets organization. I don't think he ever made it to the um, to the major leagues. He might have, but he definitely was playing for one of their uh, minor league teams. Anyway, this might be him answering the door, and he's wearing a long wig and long fake beard. He's got like, he's sort like, of Unabomber styled out. Yeah, like he's been you know huddled in this decrepit mansion for a long time. He's the guy who answers the door for Lamar Jackson. Lamar, what are you doing here? It's football season. Heisman time. It's on? It's Heisman time? It's Heisman time. Okay, now we see somebody in another room suddenly wake up and say, it's Heisman time? Heisman time! Now we start to see a whole bunch of mascots for, I believe these are college teams, right? That's probably the Oregon Ducks. Boo. And, and all of the mascots start trying to clean up the what, messy. Harry the Husky wasn't available for this? They start to clean up this mansion that has like dirt and plates all over the place. Apparently the joke is all these, you know, Heisman Trophy winners from across the ages have been living in this Heisman house what, because they couldn't make it work in the NFL? But they they are in the NFL. So some of these some players of are, I think. It's, I assume Lamar Jackson is a Heisman winner. Yeah, but he's also the one who rolled up. But then you have Kyle Murray in here. I don't know if he's in the NFL anymore. Again, a big part of this is I don't know who these people are. So I feel a little bit bad like throwing this in the into the category of they wasted their money on this. I think maybe... They wasted their money on you. They wasted their money on me. <laughs> exactly. Corn chips. 
cheddar sour cream. Okay, now, now that guy I know, boy, and that's what Baker caught Mayfield. my attention. Baker Mayfield's in here, and he won the Heisman, I'm going to say, about four years ago. And he, I know, because he's the quarterback for the Browns, and also he's actually in a so lot of technically commercials. technically in the NFL. He is in the NFL, Genevieve. <laughs> Um, and he's also in a lot of commercials. You know him from the, are they progressive commercials? It's progressive. He is progressive's dude. Yes. Um, he's also done a, but he's doing Hulu. He's yes. everywhere. Because he's a very charismatic guy. And he was also, well, he was a Heisman Trophy winner and the first overall draft pick. Uh, so people expected him to be a little bit better at the sport than he well, is. He is a starting quarterback. Yeah. So, but anyway, so now, but the commercial, honestly, back to the original storyline, whatever it is, can I just remind you, Lamar Jackson drives up to the house, knocks some, let's say, Tim Tebow guy uh, who, looks, Tim Tebow. <laughs> who looks like a Geico caveman answers the door, says it's Heisman time. Then suddenly we see some other football players say it's Heisman time, but then mascots, college mascots, start cleaning the house for some reason we can't figure out. Then we see Baker Mayfield wandering through the hall with a like an iPad device or a tablet, and he's making notes for, I guess, a party they're going to be throwing. Like I'm so confused. Yeah. Corn chips, cheddar sour cream chips, should probably get baked chips. I'll get you a new toothbrush. One of the football players is like cleaning the wheels of the car now, which was not part of the dirty mess. The car was the only clean thing. He's cleaning the wheels with a mascot's toothbrush, and the mascot is... Uh, looks perturbed, so he says, I'll get you a new toothbrush. We see some people. Oh, this is Kyle uh, Murray, um, Kyler Murray, who is dusting. Jalapeno chips. Come on, man. I don't got all day. So Baker Mayfield now is still going through his list of things. Another football player's in the car, and he says, I don't have all day. Ketchup chips. Dude, I don't care. Good. And then at the end it says it's a Heisman thing. I have no even so, knowing that I should know who all these people are. Like, what is the plot? I don't know. At the end, we see the mansion is all cleaned up. They've topiaried one of the bushes into the Heisman Trophy pose. Um, there's a line of Nissan cars uh, sitting out front, and Tebow says he's going to keep the beard, although he did cut the hair. Right, but. It's a Heisman thing. I mean, I guess it is because, man, I do not know what is happening Here's here. what I think is happening at the end when he says, I don't have I all day. I guess if you haven't won a Heisman, you really can't understand. <laughs> I kept thinking, like, what What are you waiting on him for? Come on, I don't have all day. And I realized that this is probably the first or maybe even second of a – there's going to be a follow-up commercial okay. where they go to the store or something because that's what Baker Mayfield is putting together, a shopping list, right? All right. So the guy who says, I don't have all day, who's behind the wheel of a car is saying – Come on, I don't have all day. We got to go to the store. But like, it's just so they're going to throw a party. My guess is this is a setup commercial for something bigger that will come along and then we're supposed to appreciate it. But I also realized that we missed a prequel to it. And Heisman House was a campaign that at least started last year because this is from December of 2019. Oh, Have you seen this one no, yet? No, but that does make a lot more sense. If so, I had ever seen this, that that follow-up would have made more sense. And I think there actually was a very like split-second um, slate at the beginning of that other commercial that said 
Heisman House, mm-hmm. and it didn't mean anything to us because we didn't know that this was something that they've been branding over the year I would or say years. Been branding in quotes because in this earlier commercial, you see, and I don't know how many there are. You see the outside of the house; it's not all dirty and viney. It's just like an, it's also a really not the nice, same house. Yeah, it's also not the same house. You see a really nice house. Um, with a line of Nissans in front of it. It says Heisman House, and then the camera's going to take us to the backyard where we're going to see a lot of these same characters, and they're in a football-style huddle. Sooner sweep left on one. G2 out, slot motion, flying V on three. We got blue 22, QB sneak right, on two. Guys, I'm telling you, go three wide right, jump past left, on one. Ready? So what are we doing again? Crying out loud, just throw me the ball. Okay, the white guy is definitely Tebow now. Now without the beard, I can tell you yeah. that. This must be so frustrating for the listeners, especially I if there's the any listeners. I think the joke here, right, is that they're all quarterbacks. Yes, and this is actually funny. The joke is what happens when you have a huddle full of quarterbacks. Right. Everybody wants to run their plays. And you even heard Baker Mayfield's was like some sort of Sooner play because he, of course, was a Sooner. So what are we doing again? Crying out loud, just throw me the ball. Three wide right, Hello. jump fast left. Hello? Hey, Golden Boy, your friends are taking forever. So now we see that these uh, Heisman winners are actually just playing a backyard game with a bunch of kids, (laughs) non-professional athletes, obviously. And then they say Golden Boy. Now, this drives me crazy because I should know they're talking to some old man on a bench who I'm sure I'm missing the reference of who he is. He must be some famous old quarterback. It's almost dinner time. I'll see what I can do. All right, voice geniuses. Who was that? The guy who said, "I'll see what I can do." Yeah. Who is it? That's what I'm. That's what I'm out. saying to the listeners. Oh, right. There, there are such a, there's such geniuses about whose voice is what. Oh, you're still you're talking about the whiff. So anyway, he says, "I'll see what I can do." He pulls out an app and then he starts remotely making one of the car's horns. Who can honk. even remember that this is for Nissan? Yeah, there's so much shit going there's on. So much shit going on. We got blue 22, QB sneak right on two, flying V on three. Let's go three wide right, jump past left on one. Okay, so I think I've been, as somebody who's criticizing other people's art, I think I've been incredibly incoherent and annoying for the past 10 minutes or so in trying to describe these. But I will stand by, even though I'm clearly missing some of the jokes and I'm not smart enough in my football knowledge to get all of these references, they are still a mess. I think they, they are, are a still mess. not selling me cars. Yeah, and I, I fully agree. Like, I'm sure that there is a whole contingent of people out there who have more encyclopedic knowledge of the Heisman winners and who get more of these references and, and personalities. I don't know that the di- the Venn diagram of people who get every Heisman reference and people who might want to buy a Nissan are is it like is that a huge slice? Or, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe I'm just like... I mean, mean, you're... I'm sure only airing during football-related content. Sure, right? maybe probably so. just during college. But although they're playing it during the NFL, mm-hmm. but there really isn't very much college ball right now, so it is a confusing season for college anyway. Anyway, I don't want to spend any more time on that because I feel like I already ruined that part of the show. But um, <laughs> I, and I, you know, you know, if you know more about this, write in. If you know who that old guy is, yeah, let us tell know. me because clearly he's probably an early Heisman winner. Um, and I'm missing a big. But to be chunk fair, we're not the kind of people who are like football what's that you know right. i mean we watch a fair amount of nfl and 
you know, to some, like, I know what the Heisman is. Well, I mean, any Heisman winner is going to go into the NFL, at least briefly. Sure. So you can assume that all of these players are NFL players, and the, but they're all together because they're in a special club of, well, not anymore, of Heisman winners. Anyway, like I said, I'm not going to spend more time on that, but let's talk about one more um, celebrity pairing that seems like this is one of the most beloved celebrity couples that have so much kind of... I don't know, I guess, juice on the internet, on social media, yet advertiser after advertiser tries to translate that to commercials. Cannot be done. And they all suck. I think so, too. Now, this is we're talking about Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, who I like as a couple. I sort of, I have just good feelings about them. Um, And I think, you know, I think she's kind of a firecracker and I I like her, her general steez and all that. But I maybe their appeal is just sort of lost on me because I'm not I'm also not like I'm not out there consuming, you know, her style blog or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> blog. <laughs> she probably has a style blog. Um, you know, I'm, so I'm not a I'm not a super consumer of either of their products. Right. I don't mm-hmm. really like listen to his music that much. I thought he was the same person as John okay, Mayer. I wish you would stop time. admitting that. But um, <laughs> I really did. About what was it over a year ago about that? I learned that uh, John Lennon, John Legend, and John Mayer. I don't are even understand people. how you got them mixed up. I don't like know. their names don't really sound alike. Well, they're both they, named John. I mean, that's the only and I know thing. and I don't know either of their music. Okay, you do know John Mayer's music. I mean, it's I it, just like noodly guitar shit. I don't know. I mean, it's mega hits that everyone's okay. heard. Okay, okay, okay. And be like okay. saying like, I don't listen. I don't know who Dave Matthews is. Did he win a Heisman? <laughs> Maybe. How would I know? Um, advertisers have uh, gone to this well again and again, um, and they're often playing as they are in this one on their sort of um, I don't say bickery vibe, but they're competitive. They're they're sort of naturally competitive with each other, and none of that uh, you know bothers me or anything. I just don't feel like it's working and I wonder if it's a writing problem Mm -hmm. or if it's that too much faith is placed in their ability to just do this because they can do this on Twitter right so this is for the the car company Genesis uh, which I believe is a luxury automobile they're out on a racetrack and they're each in their own uh, separate cars and they're racing let's race John get ready to lose Hey, baby, what gear are you in? Last? That was really The Genesis G70. He says, what year were you in? I think he says, what gear are you in last? Oh, um, makes which is, more sense. makes marginally more sense, although that's also not how gearing works in an automobile. And then she says, well, Ru- that was rude. That was rude. And then the commercial ends abruptly. When she wins and then the end. Yeah. It just feels like, God, how much do these people cost to hire so much? I mean, I know Genesis is a luxury automobile and probably it's no thing for them. But, like, I feel like there's a wasted opportunity here yeah, that is somehow not being capitalized on. Well, you know, this is a I, – I, first of all, I do think there's a longer version of this particular ad. We played the 15-second version. But also, isn't it part of the – campaign that we saw started during the Super Bowl last year or the year before where they're at some snooty party and but but even though they're beautiful people and dressed up they feel like everybody around them is too stuffy right it like it was like this idea of wealth doesn't have to be stuffy anymore yeah, was so that, then he was, comes in Was that for in. Genesis or was that for Audi? 
I thought that was Genesis. Maybe it was. A, it would be strange if they were doing two luxury cars. Yeah, and so then he drives up, and there's like a million different. It feels like the writers all wanted to go in a different direction, yes. and you could feel them pulling. Like, oh, what yeah. was the what was the overall like vibe of the commercial? They're kind of bickering with each other, but they're See also. See if you can pull that up. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. You you vamp. What's going on with you? Oh, um, well, I'm doing this podcast. It's kind of a, it's like my hobby. I don't get paid for it. You're doing a pretty good job, but I'm Googling <laughs> as fast as I can. Okay, so it's called Going Away Party. This is a minute long Going Away Party featuring John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. That was actually the best part of the show. I enjoyed your vamping. Uh, 2020 Super Bowl commercial for the Genesis. So we see, again, a very opulent um, mansion-y kind of place. Like old money. And there's a party going on. Why did you bring me here? I think it's time we throw an old luxury going away party. Can I have everyone's attention, please? Excuse me. Guy who thinks his loud suits a personality. Woman who claims she hasn't had any plastic surgery. I saw you in the waiting room. And you, lady who goes to Asia once and suddenly thinks she's spiritual. Guy who leans on everybody for some reason. To old luxury. You had a good run. But now it's time to zhuzh you up a little bit. By the way, I, none of those are good examples of old luxury. They're all like oddball. That's weird what I'm saying. This is so bad. Okay, yes. so she's saying we're going to say goodbye to this. We've old talked idea about of this. Luxury. We've had this exact discussion yeah, before, okay, which is, and it is my, it is the same criticism. None of those examples. Those are all just jokes that some jokey writer wrote, and none of them have anything to do with the story of this. I give you. Young luxury. Now the car is supposed to pull up here, but it's not. Where's the car? There it is. Where were you? It was supposed to be a thing, and you made it not a thing. He rolls up the window on her. What's the magic word? Sexiest man alive. Okay. Introducing the GV80, the first ever SUV. And then... Somebody had to make luxury fun. Who better than us, baby? That is such a mess of a commercial, Such a man. mess. And again, I think that is the perfect example of you know that they spent money to get these two um, celebrities, and you know that they have great charisma and personality. Of but course. But then you just write them into the toilet bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and this, you all, it's almost like our that show we did where it's like you're taking likable people and making them unlikable, yeah. which is a real problem. Which I know that there's a little bit of overlap here. I actually don't. I didn't find the Alfonso Ribeiro ads to be to make him unlikable. I just found it confusing. Um, and same thing with uh, the Cecily Strong. Like mm-hmm. I, it's not that I dislike seeing her do Liza Minnelli impressions, but I just didn't get like what they were capitalizing on exactly. Can I ask you a very important question? Yes. Who the hell is Alan Ruck? Who the hell is Alan Ruck? I see it on the show sheet here. I don't know who Alan Hello? Ruck is. It's Cameron from. Ferris Bueller. Oh, Cameron. Yes. I really identify with Cameron. Alan Alan Ruck has had a little career. Okay. Um, Obviously, the first line of his obituary, as I'm fond of saying, will be Ferris Bueller. Yes. But, you know, he's shown up in a million things. He was in Speed, believe it or not. He's one of the bus passengers. Um, He was in, he had like a, like a one story, I think he was like a one, one episode on like, um, uh, Justified, which I was watching recently. So, you know, he pops up. He's still working. Mm-hmm. He's a working actor. And he is, in a certain way, like Alfonso Ribeiro, he'll forever be associated with an iconic role. But he has also done other things that have, you know, 
I think, put a little bit of separation between him and that role. This is taking him right back to it. Yes. Now that I know who Alan Ruck is, I realize I saw this commercial the other day with you, and I was kind of disappointed in this, and I, I don't know why. We should play it again just to refresh my memory of this. What do we need to set up here? So the, uh, we open on a very fancy garage with lots of glass walls, um, oh. very very reminiscent of, not the same, mm-hmm. but very reminiscent of the garage where Cameron and Ferris uh, steal his dad's car. And I've referenced this uh, garage before because it's like not just glass walls, but they're all uh, overlooking some wooded forest somewhere. And there is an ad. F- it's not Peloton. It might be for that mirror. It's some sort of fancy uh, in, you know, home yeah, exercise equipment. Luxury. Yeah, and it's in basically this garage. Yes. Do you remember that one? A woman's working out. And it's like, sure. how did you get into Cameron's Any sort garage? of like very modern uh, glass walled mm-hmm. overlooking a, a forest. Uh, signals luxury. Okay, and we see two young men, right? Teenagers. Yeah, teenagers. They walk up to this garage. The garage door uh, lifts up. You know, it's in a, a, a mechanical door. What's okay. the word I'm looking for here? Not mechanical. A garage door. A garage door. You know, you've heard of them. They lift up when you go to them. Um, they come in and they basically... Wait, hold on. For, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm, being, um, I'm being really thick here, but what do, what do garage doors do again? I'm not. Doors go up, <laughs> doors go down. That's what garage doors do. Yeah. Doors go up. If I just remembered that, yeah, okay. that we could have saved a lot of time. There we here. go. Okay. So, so the garage, garage door, door goes, goes up, up, and these two teenagers who are—they're not meant to exactly be Ferris and Cameron, but they are clearly. Um, you know, evoking those two characters. We kind of learned that at the end. At first, we're just kind of like, "Who are these?" Kids, right. Well, they right. walk up to this very, very, uh, very cute car. Okay. Doors go up. The 1966 E-Type Roadster. My father spent three years restoring this car. Oh, you know what? Uh, my apologies. I forgot that there's the music cue in there as well. So yeah. clearly this is supposed to evoke that. Very similar garage, similar car, if not exact same car. The music, they're, they're letting us in early. It is his love. It is his passion. It is his fault. He didn't lock the garage. Don't even think about it. Now the uh, the like camera that's in the the installed in the garage door opener that's overhead uh, speaks to them, and we see from the perspective of the person who was operating that camera that he's caught them. And guess who it is? Hi, Dad. Been there, done that. With LiftMaster powered by MyQ, know what's happening in your garage from anywhere. So that was Alan Ruck from afar um, in his fancy office somewhere. Boy, Cameron really sold out. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of sad, right? I'm and really is there a little sad. button here at the end? He was going to have a little talk with his dad when he got home. <laughs> um, and what did they talk about? How he can restore a car and like also become obsessed with possessions? What does he say Cameron, at the end of here? what are you doing? Oh, he just says kids, kids and shakes his hand, head at the very end. Um, I always looking found back there's, at there's that, so though, much pathos. Like Ferris Bueller, of course, is just a silly comedy. But like Cameron's journey in it is the only element of true pathos, right? Like he is a downtrodden, bullied. He's, he's, a, he's bullied by his father. He's completely like unable to, um, you know, in any way exert him you know you know kind of mm-hmm. stand up for himself and then he kicks the car off the jack that they've got it on and then it rolls through and it rolls off the through the glass and onto mm-hmm. the like over the cliff basically 
And then he says, like, me and Cameron's dad are going to have a talk when he gets home. You know, like me, yeah, it's me an and incredibly my, moving. Yeah, it's the it's kind of like the only that's what I'm saying, like the only real moment of uh, emotional truth in the movie. Well, I would say when Charlie Sheen is hitting on Ferris Bueller's <laughs> sister, there's some emotional truth there as well. Um, I think when uh, Rooney gets on that bus and gives that teenage girl the eye, that's probably also a secretly oh, no. emotional. emotional oh, I don't truth. remember that scene, but yeah, he got in some trouble. Yeah. Ugh, um. So anyway. All I'm saying is, like, in a movie full of, like, jokes and silliness, there's actually sort of a moment of, of real, like, personal growth and sadness. Mm-hmm. And so... Actually, there's a lot of that in the movie. There's the hot tub scene where Cameron... I, I'm sorry that I can't remember Ferris Bueller's um, girlfriend's Sloan. name. Sloan. Like, they have a real heart-to-heart about how he's, like, kind of... I mean, the whole movie is kind of imbued with that, I would say. But only around his character. Yeah, yeah, Ferris definitely. Bueller makes no... No growth at all. Yeah, and so I, there is something honestly kind of like a little grim to me about the idea that like now he's just some fucking he yuppie. Just sold out. Yeah, it is kind of sad. I'm with you. Do you have anything funny to say before? We usually like to play the music when we say something funny. <laughs> does anybody? Yes. Anybody? Ad council? Anyone? Anybody? Bueller. <laughs> Got there. <laughs> Everybody like is talking you at me. I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind That Bueller joke was perfect, Vives. It's like we... I, good job. <laughs> well, Very well, sharp. Well, don't put a hat on it. <laughs> I know. Don't kill the... I'm just impressed. I'm just more impressed with you every day. <laughs> um, okay. You know, uh, we have been recording for quite some time. I know. we so, got to get the hell out um, of here. Yeah. We have a lot of great ad counsel that I want to share with you. Most of it, though, we are going to save for next week, if that's okay. Um, but we have to, um, well, put a hat on. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can think of. Hat. <laughs> nobody, nobody hats a hatter. <laughs> <laughs> We have to um, uh, talk about the voiceover whiff. Yes, we do have to talk <laughs> about last that. week. So we were talking about the series of McDonald's commercials where they do a really tight close up on the French fries, and they just do such a good job with a limited amount of time um, convincing you that you should buy their French fries, yeah. right? Um, and one of them was voiced over um, with a more kind of typical voiceover, and then there was one <laughs> with a guy that we kept on referring to him as the fancy voice guy. Yeah, we I had think. a we had a number of different ways of describing him, um, but uh, ultimately. The correct description would have been Brian, famous actor Brian Cox. Brian Cox, which is <laughs> what we are now learning here. Let me play the commercial. This is the commercial that we were talking about last week. If you're ordering McDonald's no. and your friend says they don't want fries, get them the fries. Or else your fries will be their fries. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I like everything about that, even before I knew it was Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the photography is excellent. It makes me hungry for fries. I think the little bit of like silly wisdom is actually good. It sticks in your head. Yeah. A little truism there. Um, and I actually like the voice. And I kind of and like we, the weirdness of the And we did identify it as being, as I'm going for something. And we just didn't know what. And that's why I say it's not a whiff, because... I just have, I mean, I certainly know who Brian Cox is. I've seen him in many things, but he's not so famous that his voice is instantly recognizable to me. And I'd been meaning to watch Succession. This commercial combined with 
the Volkswagen commercial with um, what's his name, the Culkin. Oh yeah, Macaulay kid Culkin. who was also I think one of the Succession guys. Oh right. Or he's in one of those shows anyway. Okay, yeah. Um, I like I've been wanting to watch Succession, and I feel like commercials are kind of conspiring to. Uh, Get me on board with succession. Yes. Okay. So here's one. So we got a bunch of notes from listeners saying, hey, that's Brian Cox. He's uh, this is from listener Spencer. He says that um, he plays the show's patriarch. His name is Logan Roy in the show succession. Now, Spencer says this is going to add another um, layer of mystery to it, though, for me, Vives. Spencer says, though, what I find more interesting is, as you mentioned, the oddity of having him mimic the McJingle at the end. Was it a wink to Succession fans? He's clearly not recognized by all audiences, unless this aired only during the Emmys. It's a strange nod to include. So I don't understand how him singing the jingle at the end, which I do think is a weird choice, but I kind of like it. I don't understand how, because I don't know anything about Succession, I don't know how that would be a wink to Succession fans. But I watched as many clips of the show with him that I could find today, and none of them, he's a jingle maker. Um, (laughs) That's not how he made his millions. That's not how he made his (laughs) millions. Um, So I I did write back to Spencer, but I think Spencer's writing to us from overseas. So I think the time difference kind of got me in trouble there. But maybe Spencer or somebody else can explain why singing the jingle at the end might be a a wink. Or or I'm just reading too much into Spencer's two sentences there and connecting them in a way that he did not mean to connect them. But anyway, I am glad to know, and thank you to everybody who wrote about that because clearly it is a it is a signal to people who know Brian Cox's work more intimately and I think probably because Succession is such a big show I gotta get on that train man yeah I know I have to too what as am soon I doing as I'm done watching the Americans times. again and then every other new show that I've been putting off so I can re-watch an old show right. that I just watched a couple of years ago so Anyway, that's what I'm doing with my time. All right, uh, we got to get out of here. Again, don't be put off if you didn't hear your email or voicemail here because we do have a lot of great stuff. But unfortunately, we just went really long because Genevieve wouldn't shut up about some stupid Heisman commercial. (laughs) You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for putting that together. And I had a wait, really wait, fun wait, time I didn't, today. You did. You well, put all that together. You did a lot of it. Oh, sure, really. um, but thank you also to the listeners. Um, please continue to engage with us, as they say, on the social media. You can visit us on Facebook or join the Facebook group if you haven't. You can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail.com or call us at 607 607- Four 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 five five nine seven. Thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Wearing a uniform. Plus I wrote all of my rhymes in cuneiform. Hell of years ago, BC. You better be informed. If you don't get it, get a computer and Google it. If you find out all the reasons we the shit, then you the shit. Yeah, pooping on the track.